Hello, and welcome to the weekly worship podcast for Fuquay Arena, United Methodist Church. We think it's important, not just that you listen today, but we would invite you to worship with us today. If you'd like to further engage your faith or the community around you and like to partner with us, uh, please visit our website, fvumc.org, for more information. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on a Sunday morning, whether that's live, online, or in person. Online on Sunday mornings on our website or Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can enjoy the venue with us, which is a worship service crafted for community online, or you can join our live in-person services online at 1010 for our contemporary, 1115 for our traditional. If you'd like to worship in person with us, we have worship at 9 o'clock and 1010 for our contemporary worship services and 1115 for our traditional worship. At the end of the day, we believe that when and where you worship is not nearly as important as that you worship. And so we're so glad to be with you today, worshiping together. Well, hey friends, it is so good to be with you all today. We are in our last and final week of Advent. And today we are talking about how from generation to generation, we see God in each other. Now on the surface, seeing God in each other does not at all seem like a radical theme. Um, On the first pages of the Bible, if you were to go and open Genesis, we learn that we are all made in the image of God. And so it doesn't necessarily require much of a jump to move from seeing the image of God in one another to therefore seeing God in one another. However, recently I was listening to a podcast uh, where a woman named and scholar named Lisa Sharon Harper, who is a prominent theologian and activist, pointed out how just how radical um, the scriptures um, in Genesis are about how God begins by putting the image of God in everybody from the very beginning and not just in some people, but in all people. Um, she says that up until then, it would have been um, a pretty radical thing that many different civilizations and people groups would have thought that the image of God was only something that could reside in royalty, in kings and queens, but that the image of God was not something that was regularly talked about as dwelling within anybody other than royalty. Um, She names that the image of God was something that Um, Most people would have thought, you know, you can be born into, that it was not necessarily something you could even attain, that uh, if you were not royal. Uh, But in scripture, we see in the pages of Genesis, God extending the image of God, not just to some people, but to all people. This reality reminds us that we can see God in one another, in ordinary people that are not so different than we are, because the very real image of God does reside in each and every one of us. So when we look to one another, we can actually more fully see God. Lisa Sharon Harper's observation about the image of God reminds me of just how radical it is that not only does our God choose to share God's image with each and every one of us in the very likeness of our being, but that when God chose to took on flesh and to dwell among us, that God did not come to be born to a king and a palace or a royal throne in Rome, where it would have been not at all a stretch of the imagination um, for God to reside in those places. But rather, God chose uh, the womb of a poor, brown-skinned, yet-to-be-wed teenager from Palestine to be the one who would bear the Son of God. Our scripture this morning tells us a little bit more about that teenager named Mary. 
and the mother of Jesus, and about the moment that Mary and her cousin Elizabeth, um, who is the mother of John the Baptist, when they come together and greet one another and sing the praises of God after they both had experienced pregnancies that have been foretold by the angel Gabriel. In just a moment, we will clearly hear Elizabeth name the ways in which um, she sees God at work in Mary's life and praises Mary for the ways in which generations after her will be called blessed by the fruit of her womb, um, that Mary is nurturing the very likeness and divinity of God inside her womb, and therefore Elizabeth is praising her because of it. Um, but before we kind of go to that scripture and unpack it, um, I wanted to give a little bit of background information on Luke chapter 1 and kind of where we find ourselves in the midst of this chapter. Um, so you are welcome to follow along with us if you would like to open to Luke 1. Um, but before we get to Mary and Elizabeth in verse 39 is where we're going to pick up. We first meet Zechariah, who is a priest. He's the husband of Elizabeth. And he was serving in that temple, or serving in the temple, and he had been praying for, it seems like quite some time, for he and Elizabeth to conceive a child, and they had been unable to do so. And so one day he was on his shift in the temple, and the angel Gabriel appears to him and tells him that they will have a child, and he will be named John. And Zechariah's immediate response was to doubt, pretty understandably so. And he asked, like, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? And the angel told him that because of his unbelief in that moment, that he was not actually going to be able to speak for the rest of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which does seem pretty harsh. Um, the next section of scripture we come to is that same angel Gabriel coming to Mary this time to tell her that she is also pregnant and that Instead of kind of asking or responding in a similar way to Zechariah, um, she asks like a logistical question of like, how's this going to work? And then pretty immediately says, uh, let it be with me according to your word, kind of saying yes to what God has asked of her. The very next passage is where we read about um, Mary after just having spoken to the angel, going to spend time with her cousin Elizabeth in her house. And that's where we're going to pick up today. So Luke chapter 1, verse 39 is where we are. It says, In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord has come to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Friends, in this moment of greeting, Elizabeth sees Mary and Elizabeth sees God in her. Elizabeth marvels at what God had done um, in a way that makes clear not only Elizabeth's love for God, but also her love and all of Mary in this moment. And then Elizabeth's words of praise also make way for Mary to respond with a hymn of praise that directly follows um, Elizabeth's words of praise. So this is uh, verse 46. And Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowly state of his servant. 
Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. Instead, God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm and scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has come to the aid of child Israel in remembrance of God's mercy, according to the promise that God has made to our ancestors. To Abraham, I would add to Sarah as well, and to their descendants forever. And Mary remained all with Elizabeth for about three months and returned to her home. Friends, I love this pair of passages uh, together for so many reasons. Both Elizabeth's words of greeting to Mary, as well as Mary's a response in some ways to Elizabeth, but also offering up to God. Um, again, there are a lot of different reasons that I love these passages. Um, but one thing that I kind of noticed anew this time in reading through these scriptures um, is that between the time that Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1 gives thanks and praise for her pregnancy in verse 25, to then Mary learning about her own pregnancy, to then Elizabeth giving birth and naming her child, which comes in verse 60, we have 35 verses um, of un uninterrupted Mary and Elizabeth narrative. We have 35 verses where the spotlight is just on these two women that are carrying the story of the unfolding work of salvation of the world in their bodies. During these 35 verses, everybody else's voices kind of fade away. We notice that the men in the story are silent um, in fact, we don't hear at all um, in Luke chapter 1 from Joseph, though if we look to Matthew's gospel, it tells us that Joseph um, was contemplating divorcing Mary silently. And then Elizabeth's husband, uh, Zechariah, had been banished from speaking from, for the entirety of her pregnancy because of not believing what the angel had said to him in the temple. So meanwhile, amidst the silence of the men in the story, and we hear the songs and the praises of God that both Mary and Elizabeth sing over one another and sing to God. While the men are silent, maybe even sitting with their doubts, Mary and Elizabeth are marveling together at what God is birthing in and through them, that the mighty would be brought low and that the lowly would be lifted up. Mary and Elizabeth in these moments see God in one another. In the midst of the time um, that I imagine that both Mary and Elizabeth would have felt like they needed to be seen and understood in a safe place where they didn't have to feel like they had to hide or explain away what was happening or to even begin to convince other people of the true miraculous things that were happening within them. For six whole months before Mary came to arrive at Elizabeth's house, um, it is not lost on me that for those six months, Elizabeth could not hear the voice of her beloved husband. They had been longing for a child for so long, and she was not even able to rejoice aloud at the marvels of what God had done along with um, the voice of her husband, Zachariah. So I have to imagine that it must have been extra sweet uh, when not only was Elizabeth able to shout for joy and offer these words of blessing and favor over Mary, in the child that was growing within her, but that Mary could also echo this hymn of praise with her own praise to God and marvel at what God was doing within her. 
I think there was something extra special about these two women sharing this moment, um, such that their bo very bodies were a testimony to seeing God at work in one another in a way that I'm sure many others around them were not even able to begin to grasp. These women, I have to imagine that it was easy to see God in one another. Um, after all, both of them had just been visited um, by angels. Their pregnancies were foretold by these angels. Um, for both of them, their bodies were changing in miraculous ways during the three months that they spent together. I have to imagine that they saw God in one another as Elizabeth gave birth and Mary saw firsthand what she would soon experience for herself. I have to imagine uh, that they saw God in one another as they marveled at Mary's changing body through morning sickness and the ever-present reminders that she was carrying the Son of God within her. It would not have been a big stretch of the imagination for them to see God in one another to easily and readily name that, and we see it um, even in the scriptures. At the same time, I find comfort in the fact that they had one another in this season to marvel, to reflect, and to rejoice together. I know that in my own experience, it is easier for me to see God in somebody else um, before I can even see what God is doing in and through me. So it can be helpful to have those people, those companions and friends, maybe even relatives that can name what God is doing in and through us. Now, I have yet to experience a moment like Mary or Elizabeth where I've been visited by angels like they were, but I have to um, imagine that them getting to narrate and name the grandness of um, God's work was pretty incredible. And it's not something that I think I have experienced or I'm sure many of us have gotten to experience uh, angels coming or God coming to tell us about the grandness of what we are able to participate in with God in that moment in the same way that Mary and Elizabeth were. But I do know that I have regularly gotten to see how God has been at work in ordinary people that have said yes to God and have trusted God for whatever that yes um, has meant in that season. Uh, and this morning, I want to encourage us to see God in each other and to, in fact, look for the image of God in one another. And I encourage us to see God in our everyday ordinary lives. Um, Christmas can be a crazy and chaotic time, but I would encourage us as we enter into this kind of Christmas and uh, season and new year that we would look for opportunities to see God in one another to celebrate in the same way that Elizabeth did as she um, received Mary into her house and on that kind of threshold of opening um, as Mary stepped in her door. I would encourage us uh, to be people like Mary who allow other people to name what God is doing in and through us and to even offer praises back in the same way that Mary did. And so this morning, I want to kind of leave us with two questions of reflection that invite us into seeing God and kind of the ordinary and one another all around us. So the first question that I want to leave us with is, who are your Elizabeths? Who are the people that regularly celebrate God at work in you? I wonder maybe this is a, a spouse or a parent or a best friend that regularly names um, what God is doing in and through you. I, we just finished up Core One several weeks ago, 
And it's been really fun to hear stories from both leaders and participants of the ways in which that kind of 10-week series helped them to be able to name what God is up to in their lives in just ordinary moments, not even in kind of spectacular moments like Mary and Elizabeth see in this story. Um, so I encourage you to kind of reflect with that. Who are your Elizabeths? And then second, I would encourage us to reflect on who are you and Elizabeth too? Um, or if you maybe can't think of people that you already are an Elizabeth too, maybe are there people that you could celebrate in the same way that Elizabeth celebrated Mary? The, the gift of naming what God is doing in and through us can seem like a, a really heavy and maybe scary or beautiful gift. And yet that's the work that God invites us into as we see God in one another. So whether it is family or friends that you're spending time with in this season, or maybe even coworkers or kids, teachers, or whoever it is, I would encourage us all to think about ways in which we can celebrate what God is doing or even what goodness, or faithfulness, or joy that we see in other people that we can just reflect that back to them and thank them for the goodness of God that we get to see in their lives. Um, I want to close this morning with a prayer. And this is a prayer that comes from the generation to generation kind of theme that we have all been kind of holding together and the Sanctified Art devotion book. All of this has been held together by uh, Sanctified Art. And so this um, closing prayer comes from them as well. But I wanted to kind of invite us into a posture of um, receiving, a posture of offering ourselves to God as we give God thanks for the Elizabeths in our lives, as well as offer ourselves to be Elizabeths for one another. So uh, let us pray. God of yesterday and God of tomorrow, from the very beginning, you gave us the gift of relationships. From the very beginning, you tucked us into communities. From the very beginning, you wired us for connection. From the very beginning, you made our hearts capable of love. Thank you. This gift of relationship has led us to people who lead us to you, and we are better for it. So today, we want to thank you for our Elizabeths, for the people who have thrown open the doors for us, who revel in our joy and point out your presence in our lives, who are quick to affirm us and call us blessed, those people who come in many shapes and sizes. For some of us, the Elizabeths in our lives are family members, parents, grandparents who have cheered us on along the way. For others, teachers and coaches, neighbors and scout leaders, professors and counselors come to mind. And we can't forget the way that, um, the way of our chosen family, friends, partners have been like Elizabeth for us. These people have reminded us what love looks like in a hurting world, which has pointed us back to you. So today, God, we ask for your help in opening our eyes even more. We want to see you in those who love us well and in those who don't. We want to see you in those whose coffee order we've memorized and in those who we've never talked to. We want to see you not only in those who are family, who look like us or think like us, but in those who come from very different places and positions in life. From generation to generation, you've left your fingerprints all over creation. So help us to be like Elizabeth, to see and to celebrate glimmers of your good news in all walks of life. We offer this to you. Amen. Again, it's been great to worship together with you today. 
If you would like to engage your faith or the community around you, we'd love to partner with you in that. You can visit our website, fvumc.org, to find out more information on what that looks like or to reach out to us. I'd like to extend another invitation for you to come and join us online or in person on Sunday mornings live. Uh, And while you're on our website, uh, again, if this is a regular place that you find spiritual sustenance, we'd love to partner with you as we serve our community here in the greater Fuquay Varina area. Um, FVUMC.org slash give would help you uh, join with us in all of the wonderful work that happens in and through this family of faith here at Fuquay Varina United Methodist Church. It's been great to worship together with you, and we look forward to doing it again soon.